Welcome back to Therapist Watching Bravo with Madeline and Amanda. We are therapists and friends that watch Bravo and we co-host the podcast together and obviously we're obsessed with Scandaval. Obviously. So obviously that is what's kind of kicking us off. Yep. Um, but before we kind of dive in, Madeline, how are you doing? I mean, things are going well. I'm blessed. Blessed, not stressed, honestly, right now. Um, other than we had some light neighborhood drama this week, but it's fine. People had opinions about me having mosquito control, but you know, they care about the bees and the population of the bees. We and do, so we do. I was, I was educated, but it was, it was drama. But other than that, life is, life is good. Being blessed. First week in like, or first like, it's the end of my time in my treatment center moving to private practice. So it's a big transition and it's exciting. Badass so bitch. Yes, we're excited. We're excited. So all, all good things over here. We also booked our trip to Italy for October. I forgot <gasps> to mention that earlier. So I was so excited. Oh I know, I know. So all, all good things over here. We're vibing. How about you? We're vibing. This is also ancient history, but Madeline and Austin were supposed to go to oh. Italy on their honeymoon. Yeah, hashtag, hashtag uh, COVID wedding. So that was tragic. Hashtag COVID wedding. So I am happy to hear about the redemption yes i know trip. we're going on our honeymoon three years later so it's it's a comeback story comeback story <laughs> um but no i'm doing good too we had a dramatic past week in good ways and crazy ways yes, had the full spectrum our niece was born um and it's crazy to me um because i had a son in september uh, wilder and it's crazy to me they will be in the same grade and like oh will they really yeah i didn't even think about that yeah it's crazy they told us they were pregnant when wilder was six weeks old oh. so he was like a full baby on earth side <laughs> <laughs> earth side. <laughs> <laughs> Not earth side, I'm dead. And so that's exciting. They'll be cousins, they'll be the same age. Um our cat Sammy rose from the dead once Re- again. Resurrected. We had made the decision because he was very, very sick. He was at the vet hospital that we had to put him down just because he was doing so poorly. It was a very emotional decision that my husband and I came to. And then, like in true Sammy form, he came back to life <laughs> the next day. I'm not a cat person, but Sammy is like the best cat ever. <laughs> so it was. I was so sad. So I'm glad he's back. He came back second time around. He's more dramatic than Scandaval, maybe. He may be more dramatic than Scandaval. <laughs> he was on death's door, and then he was like, "Never mind." He literally said, never mind. J.K. He said, <laughs> "We'll put you all through it, and then we'll get back to it." But oh no, I'll go pick him up from the at hospital tomorrow so that'll be good thank god it'll be so good to have him home it will be it so will be okay let's Let's dive into it let's get into it so we're going to be kind of recapping um both the the reunions um and we're going to do our like mental health takeaways this time like embedded into it it's it's again rich text so it's just going to be kind of like sprinkled throughout because it's just so much in there and we have our takes kind of sprinkled throughout yes so um, that's how we're going to do it today. The first thing that Madeline had this like really good point of, we want to just start off with the actual DSM definition of narcissism. Yes, because everyone see it seems to be a big buzzword, especially in the Va- Vanderpump reunions, because everyone's like, yeah, right It's like Lala and Sandoval were kind of ping-ponging back and forth calling each other narcissists. It just, it seems to be a big buzzword, especially in the Bravo universe. And so I thought it would be good to kind of 
go over the de- definition a little bit, um, just so we can have an idea. And we won't make any diagnoses no, from no, this, no. but yeah. you know, just just as a review from the text of the DSM to know what it actually fucking is, instead of calling everybody a narcissist that has a selfish moment. Um, I want us to kind of deep dive. Really like, know what saying. it is. Because yeah. like in the real life, there's not really like a lot of narcissists. Right. I can't remember the exact number, but I think it's something like one in a hundred. Like oh, there, yeah. there's not. Like, it, it's not like everybody's a narcissist. No, no. And um, also for those of you that don't know, the DSM is a diagnostic and statistical manual that yes. mental health providers use. That's just like a book yes. of all of the diagnoses and all the criteria for them. Exactly. It's like the diagnostic Bible of... The mental health Bible. Yes, exactly. Um, so all right, I'm going to read off of what the qualities are and it says you need that you need at least five of these qualities and I also just want to say before I read them through I think like a lot of us at different times can have some narcissistic qualities yes and it's not the absolute worst thing right yeah like it's not black and white it's not this or that like we can all have traits of like we're all on the spectrum of mental health everything a little bit so it's just like take with it what you will we look at everything on a spectrum. Yes. So less or more. Right. Okay. So the qualities are, has a grandiose sense of self-importance, exaggerates achievements, expects to be recognized as superior with act, without actually completing the achievements. Um, maybe like just being a bartender and thinking you can run a restaurant yes. with not a lot of experience. Right. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. No diagnoses here. Right. Um, Preoccupied with fantasies of success, power, brilliance, beauty, or perfect love. Believes that they are really special and can only be understood um, by other special people. Require excessive admiration, a sense of entitlement, um, such as unreasonable expectations or favorable favorable treatment. Exploitative. 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 I feel like I'm saying potato when I say potato. that, but like exploit, <laughs> exploitative. Sometimes words are hard. I just, um, I'm But takes advantage of others. <laughs> That's the point. Lacks empathy, unwilling to identify um, with the needs of others, envious or um, believes others that, believes that other people are envious of them, arrogant, um behaviors so that's what the dsm says some examples of what yeah what it has to say and the dsm is weird when it's like diagnosing it's like must have these three things on a tuesday but only two tuesday like it it has very like specific things so if you see traits of somebody having that like i encourage you to like look at the actual text because it'll be more detailed and the detail the dsm is notoriously kind of wordy and rigid yeah yeah and like convoluted at times and it's hard because it's more about how it plays out. And yes. if it's and if you are in a relationship with this person, mm-hmm. whether you're dating them or a friend or a parent or something like that, right. it's how it impacts, impacts yes. you. Right. Impacts your relationships, impacts like your trajectory in life, if you feel like it's keeping you stuck or not. Like it, it's it all kind of depends. So yeah. So we just wanted to kind of like clear that up. Yeah. Not everybody's a narcissist if they have a selfish moment, but you know, there may or may not be some narcissists in the Bravo universe. So take with that what you will. It runs a lot deeper than just, um, moments or someone who takes a little bit more or accepts more help or is more selfish with their time or something like that. It is like within their character. Right. So they would treat everybody that way all of the time. That's a 
big generalization, but that's the kind of way that we're looking at it. So we just wanted to start off by defi- defining narcissism yes. according to the DSM. Moving on. Moving on to James like in Lala's anger in part one, I was, I just wanted to make a note, just very interested by, <laughs> I don't know, because James had some great, um, like quips and like, you know, worm with, yeah, worm with a mustache. Like we got some great like lines out of that. Um, but they're therapeutically more on that, you know, more with that hat on. I feel like it was interesting watching him trying to like kind of tamper back his anger. Like you see him like get up and like walk away. Like that just felt like a lot. It's like he almost can't tolerate yes. not getting his point out. <laughs> he like can't. It's so impulsive. It's so impulsive. And explosive. Lala too. It's like it's it. I, as a viewer, I will say it is is funny to like watch him and Lala literally oh, like not letting Sandoval get a word in edgewise. I also thought like James's anger with that like impulsivity that you were talking about yes. and like the reactivity and it's so right. fast. It almost like okay it's intense mm-hmm. but it almost it's like it has like a humor to it. Yes. <laughs> and less malicious in a sense if yeah. that makes sense than like Sandoval. Because yeah. his anger, he goes and he goes yeah. and he stews. Yeah. And that's it's a just good point. Different. Yeah, no, James feels like, first of all, number one on the guy in the group at this moment, which we love to see, but also like he's just kind of comedic, comedic relief at this point in time. But I don't know. He just, it's also seeing him transition over the years. I know that's not what we're doing here, but like just a quick note, like I feel like he's transitioned a lot, like and grown up a lot. I mean, as he said, he was 21 when he came on the show um, and he still has anger problems and he still has, you know, his struggles that, you know, he talks about with his sobriety and all that good stuff. But, you know, it is, <laughs> it is interesting watching him struggle with the anger. It, there's also, I feel like, a difference between James and Sandoval in that, like, James pops in and out of his anger. Like, as quickly yes. as he gets angry, he's calling them poo-poo heads. <laughs> like, he, like, flips. Oh, hey, Daisy. <laughs> Sorry. Madeline's dog. Um, I had to say hello. Um, he'll, like, pop back into being funny and, like, let it go at the same time. Whereas I feel like Sandoval just really, like, hangs on to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It just it just feels different. It feels like different. Sandoval's yeah, anger feels heavier. Yes, I agree with that. And I feel like James is just kind of making light of things. So it's, anyways, just wanted to talk about James' little quips. <laughs> Lol. Okay, so Madeline, you also had you thought an interesting point about Lala and Lisa. Yes. Okay, I just also wanted to make a quick note after reviewing part one. Thought it was interesting when Lala was kind of challenging Lisa Vanderpump because um, Lisa, you know, I think I think what she's trying to do is be diplomatic and like be the person in the room who's like okay, like we see both sides here and it's such a mob mentality with this whole thing, which I understand. Um, but you know, I think Lala and James were like, especially Lala, like standing up to Lisa and being like, there's no room for (laughs) taking Sandoval's side at all. You know, again, as a viewer, very funny, um, enjoyed that. Um, but I did think it was interesting in a dynamic, you know, relationship dynamic sense, because it feels like, historically Lisa's been very revered like it's been very like Lisa like we're gonna listen to you and take your advice and not talk back and so it almost felt like a teenager talking back to her mom in that moment I was like it did it did it was like really fascinating I just I don't know it feels like this whole situation has shifted a lot of dynamics in more ways than one but I thought it was interesting to see that kind of topple the you know Lisa on top 
Like thing. she's not relevant. Right. Right. Like it's like Lisa, get out of this. Like even though your name isn't on the fucking show, like we don't care about you standing up for Sandoval. Don't you dare. Yeah, I. It is interesting that she's like pointless. Yeah. <laughs> like stop. Like stop trying to make. <laughs> stop trying to be diplomatic. I just thought. I just thought that was really interesting. Um, also. Also, you thought. I thought this was funny, too, when James popped off and then Andy lost his cards. Oh, my God. <laughs> my cards. <laughs> it was so good. You can tell, like, how relaxed and how easy this is for Andy. Oh, my God. No, he is a champ. Like, I can't remember what I was watching recently. God, maybe it was New Jersey. I can't keep up anymore. But there was somebody was like, this is not therapy. And he was like, I've been doing this for, like, however many years. Like, I feel like I'm qualified to do this. Like, don't come for him. He really should get licensed. Like, come on, Andy. Like, be a therapist. Like, why not? He has the skills. Therapist for Andy. Right, yeah. Andy for therapist. Andy for th- yes, I love it. <laughs> um, okay, so going, like, a little off topic from, well, say, same on topic from the reunion, yes. but I'm sure a lot of you listened to Ariana and the Call Her Daddy podcast. Yes, which that was, wow. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> exactly. I thought like a cool point she had that I think comes up a lot for every single one of us that comes up in therapy all the time is Ariana was talking about the relationship with her dad. And we had seen that mentioned on the show before with his death and her being really sad and her being close to him. And I thought that was amazing. She was sharing her grief and being open with what it's like, especially going through different milestones in life, but kind of reeling it back into Sandoval. What I thought was interesting is Ariana talking about like her dad, even though he was a great person in a lot of ways, wouldn't come home. Like he would, um, if there was a choice to come home and help with homework or show up to her ball game or just spend time with her, a lot of times he would pick going to the bar instead. Yeah. Which is like made me sad. I know. It's so sad. It is so sad. And I think that there was like an interesting point there of, because that's kind of, that's what Sandoval would do. He wouldn't come home either. Right. And was pretty like, not just like physically unavailable in the sense of like he wouldn't spend time with her. Yeah. But like emotionally unavailable in those ways too. Yeah. Because if you're not like spending really any time with your person. Yeah. And you were not talking, you were not connecting, you were not around each other in the same space, like in the know of what everyone's daily life is like and daily thoughts. Um, Yeah, there's like a disconnect there. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's a huge disconnect. And I thought what was interesting is that like, same with Ariana there that I think applies to like a lot of us too, is that we repeat the same patterns. So... If you kind of had that relationship with your dad where he wasn't coming home, he wasn't available, that you will seek that out in your romantic life, which may sound kind of icky and weird. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sound natural, but it is like you're, you're not consciously thinking about this, I promise. Or at least I hope you aren't, but I don't think that you are. No, I think a lot of us unconsciously do it and we will find romantic partners that mirror similar relationship patterns that we had with our parents right even if we're not meaning to right we don't mean to it's not a conscious thing a lot of the time it's what is familiar yep that's right and it's like it's comfortable like even if something is like not um good for you if it's something even you don't like or really hate 
sometimes we'll gravitate towards something that feels like you said familiar and comfortable it's like because oh, it's okay. predictable it's known right yes exactly it's known. so it's yeah I, I think that that's a really interesting dynamic with she and sandoval and kind of like her talking about her dad um just tying that together is really really interesting and madeline had a really lovely point of yeah, patterns be patterning is all I got to say. <laughs> patterns stay patterning. And so we have to look at these things, you know, I'm sure Ariana's, I, I would hope Ariana's in therapy she after is. all this. She okay, is. great. Good, good for her. But, you know, as we all should be for the love, but, you know. I'm just saying if we don't look at these patterns, they will continue, right? Like we just are, we fall into these things that feel comfortable, familiar, like we were talking about. And until you bring consciousness into those things and actually challenge them, they are probably going to stay patterning. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes, they will stay patterning. Patterning. And I want to like take it even like a step further than just being conscious of it. Yeah. It is like conscious of these familiar patterns that you fall into, these familiar places that you get into, these familiar same partners or friendships or just um, even like at work, I think it can play out. It's not just a consciousness, but it is a accountability, yep. a vulnerability mm-hmm. to own it, yep. um, a vulnerability to see why you're drawn to it, a vulnerability to risk doing something different. I mean, it is mm-hmm. it's that. Scary. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary as hell. Yeah, it's new. It's new, and it's like badass, mm-hmm. vulnerable yep. work it to is. like just take a look at your pattern yep. and to try and do something different. If, have you seen Shrinking? I know we haven't talked about this. Oh, yeah. Okay, you know what, when she he talks about boop? Yes. Like, yeah, it's like... Boopin'. Boopin', boopin'. Which just means you're interrupting the pattern. You're just right. boopin'. Yep. You, you're like that familiar spot. I know how this goes. Shift it up. I'm just gonna boop yep. and do something different. Right. And sometimes you gotta boop the pattern. Sometimes you gotta be boopin'. Yeah, be, stay boopin', honestly. <laughs> stay boopin'. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, I, I think that's like just like a point we wanted to make of patterns will repeat until yes. you interrupt them and do something about it. And we all have patterns. Yes. Okay, Katie? next point. Are we talking about Katie stopping with Tom? Yes. Okay. I think, I don't know if other, if some of our listeners feel this way, but I got like so sick of Katie yeah. being mad at Tom. Yeah. Like you divorced him wisely yeah that was such a hard brave move that she did to divorce him it was it really was because he wouldn't prioritize her yeah and then for some reason it's like she expects him to do that after the divorce yeah and it's like you made the decision to not be in this anymore yes let go let go and like you know he's an empty well that's why you left him and i honestly struggle saying this because i actually if i was to pick a favorite i think it might be Katie, I don't know if that's. I if, like if, Katie. Yeah, me too. I'm not I, a Katie hater. No, I like I'm not her. a Katie hater. Me neither. And I, I empathized a lot with her. Same, same. And because like I really want to like Schwartz, but he's just like little becoming like a little spineless. I don't know if that's hateful to say, but like you know, he's just like if we're familiar with the enneagram, it feel it's giving um toxic enneagram nine. Like it's which I'm a nine, and I can say that unhealthy nine vibes. Unhealthy nine vibes. So like you know, I I feel. Katie and I know why she's frustrated and yet like let go because you made that choice and and honestly like it's kind of a hot take to be friends with your ex like that I know they're like shoved in the limelight together on the show and blah 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 but you know that's for all of us I think that's a conversation we could have of like 
can you be friends with your ex like that? I feel like we could do a whole nother episode on that. On like yeah. how to handle breaks up, breakups, how to handle divorces. Yeah. I have like two points off what you said. Cause like I even in some ways like understand Katie or, yeah. or I, I feel like, you yeah. know, I don't know. Um, but, or I relate to the sense of like being reactive when right. you're not made a priority. Like that to me is really normal to get really mad about. Um, but you divorced him. Like, let it go. Like, I think there's a freedom in letting yeah. it go yeah. and not having to deal with that anymore and to not yeah. expect that and be let down and be hurt right. over and over. Like, she has a choice mm-hmm. to get off that merry-go-round. I agree. He, for years, has not prioritized her. Stop expecting it. I know. Get I would off. love to see her unbothered. Like, that. Yes. that's, like, kind of what I hope for her. Yes. It's just, like, set the boundary. Get your peace. Like, get a, get some space honestly totally I know it's hard I, again I know it's a show I know I know it's you know I know it's hard to get that space and like come on but I also think we're talking about I don't know anyone who may be listening or right. other people that are in our lives too of like let go yeah. of if someone shows you who they are believe, believe them, them. Mm-hmm. I mean that's so it's one of those trite things that are true which by the way a lot of those trite things are true. Not all of them. Like, some of them need tweaking. But, you know, like, that's one of those that is, like, yeah. I, I also feel like I can relate in the sense of I have had relationships with people where you are, uh, have to be, re- like, you know, yeah. connected to them. Right. And they're not changing. Yep. And instead of, like, me continuing to be mad, and I was on that merry-go-round for a while, it's like, let me change me. Yeah. Yeah. And not and that does not condone their behavior. That's that does not point, yeah. accept their behavior. But after a while, the anger only poisons you. Yep. It was only poisoning me. Yeah. Nothing was changing. And it just it felt worse. Right. And after a while it felt better to let go. Yeah. To accept this is how these people are. Yeah. I'm gonna have a different reaction about it. Yeah. I'm gonna get out of it. Right. I'm gonna sit I'm... back. I'm gonna enjoy a glass of wine <laughs> and not be in it. Exactly. Get and, out of it. And sometimes and sometimes that looks like feeling through it and then letting it go too. Like it's like it's like kinda allowing yourself to go there. I'm you know behind the curtain a little bit working with my own therapist about my own rage, which is like hilarious. Um, but you know, like we all have it, it's part of life and part of it is feeling through it. And then it, once you feel through it, you're kind of allowed to let it go and, you know, change your stance after that. Yes, totally. Towards that person. I loved what you said of like, feel through it. And there's like a certain like freedom and liberation on the other end that feels better. Right. Than continuing to like be mad about the same shit over and over. Yeah. It is wasted hours it's and exhausting. days. It's exhausting. It literally drains your energy. I've been there, trust me, recently, like about something, just beating my head against the wall about the same thing I couldn't change. And eventually I just had to kind of accept and change my stance and do what I could, just like you're talking about, and feel through it. Yeah. It, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. I think the other side's better, though. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Sometimes you got to vent, vent about it, see a therapist, see a girlfriend, see a whatever, like, talk to somebody and get it out and then pivot. Okay, one more point before I move on. Like, they've done research on venting, Ooh. and it really doesn't help. 
Like they're oh, interesting. Yes. I, I can't remember like all of the details of it, but there's like a certain window where venting is helpful Ooh. and then it crosses a, a threshold and it's not helpful anymore. Oh, that's fascinating. It, then it's ruminating. It, it's ruminating and it revs you up. Yep. You're like in this point and that point right. and this, and you're yep. repeating yourself. And then you're telling this person and that person oh, the same story. And well, cause I've been there. Yeah. That's so true. it needs to be like a, you're talking about it to with the point of letting it go. Yeah. Yes. Not to rev yourself up even more. Not yeah. to stay mad. Not right. to prove your point. No, because that just becomes this endless like maze and pattern and you're stuck in the loop and the whole point is getting out of the loop. And it can exist that you are right. Yeah. They are wrong. Yep. But you're doing a different thing. Right. And there's freedom in that. I agree with that. Amen. Amen. Honestly. Next Next. point. Okay. I just like, I like loved this little tidbit of when Lala was talking to Allie, James's girlfriend, and they had had like a moment on like a bow at Sheena's wedding. And those glasses, which I don't know why. I just feel like she should be like in space. I just, I love that (laughs) whole thing. I love her. A hundred (laughs) percent. But Lala had like a really big reaction about James and Allie needing to protect herself. And I thought Lala, I really like this side of her where she was vulnerable and tearful and took accountability and was saying, I had a lot of shit going on in my life. And that's why I was projecting and had a big reaction to it. And I just, I love that part of her yeah. and I like when she can really own it and I think that can like apply to a lot of us too yeah. of just kind of this quick takeaway of just noticing if I'm having a really big reaction here that's kind of disproportionate yeah. of what the situation was right your feelings aren't wrong yeah you are not invalidating the feelings totally. but of just that gives you some information yeah why is it so big yeah you've probably been here before right when have you been there before? With who have you right. been there before? What is what is this telling you? What is the data it's giving you? It's just data, you know? Just data yeah. to reflect on right. and move forward with. Doesn't mean anything bad, negative about you, but it is interesting to look at and understanding like what is like kind of forming this reaction. One hundred forming in this reaction, I'd rather. Totally. Um, and I just thought that was some cool self-awareness from Lala. Yeah, nice to see because I, I, you know... She's, she's spicy. She's got a lot of hot takes. She's got a lot of anger. And honestly, like she has good discernment most of the time. Like she has good takes, but you know, it is nice to see her be more vulnerable. Like I, it just kind of, it just warms me up to her and it helps me see her gooier side, if that makes sense. Well, like the goo and the vulnerability is connecting. Yeah. Like, yes. You're like, oh, I can't uh, relate like I get to it. that. I yeah. get it. I've right. been there. Right. It's, I get when I've projected my shit onto someone else. Totally. It's disarming. It's like, disarming. Yeah. I, I love that. Love the way you put it. Yeah. Um, okay. Moving on to our next point. So there was a point in the part two of the reunion where James and Sandoval were going like back and forth about their alcohol use. Yeah. Like they had some event that they were hired for. I was unclear on what it was. Me too. I was kind of confused, but no matter. Not, not the point. <laughs> um, but James evidently like per Sandoval report got way too drunk, got like security kicked him out, yeah. like took his shirt off, was raging, whatever. Um, and they were kind of going back and forth on how, like, Sandoval was a drunk, and people will call Schwartz a drunk, too. Yeah. And, excuse me, there's, like, a ton of heavy drinking. Right. And I think, like, where it gets really 
tricky, I think, with alcohol use or substance use is I think it can become a very black and white yes. topic. Right. Where you were either dead in a ditch yeah. or like how Lala is totally sober now. Right. And like she was talking... A while ago, she's talked about the moment that brought her to sobriety was like she had been face chugging bottles, was yeah. drunk for four days, and then was like, I can't live my life like this. So that's probably like on one end of the spectrum totally, yeah. of um, alcohol use. And then there's there's just other ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. like drinking too much at parties, right. drinking every day, yeah. being bar owners. Of course, you drink a lot. Right. Um, but I kind of wanted to, or I don't know the way I think about it or the way that I talk to couples about it in therapy, um, is not this black and white thing if you're an alcoholic or not, but, um, are you making your life or your relationship vulnerable Mm. to the consequences of alcohol? Right. I mean, it really is a spectrum. There's so many things in this life and like, this is like a big therapy trope for a lot of us, but you know, black and white thinking, like we want to make it like this or that right or wrong, alcoholic or not. And a lot of times it's not that clear and everybody has a different approach. And, you know, I think like the, old it doesn't need to be that clear. No, it doesn't need to be that clear. And, and this is, this is changing, I think in the whole, you know, sobriety narrative, you know, my sober curious, totally. Yeah. No, that's, it's kind of like transforming before our eyes in some ways, because, you know, I, I work at a, I have worked at a treatment center and, and substance abuse, you know, care before. And, you know, there's, I think the old school thinking is, you know, 12 step, do this or you're not doing it right. And I think for some people, honestly, if it works, do that. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. 12 steps has saved a ton of people. A ton of people. Like I don't see any problems with that. If that works for you, great. For some people, like more of a harm reduction approach is appropriate. You know, taking some steps back and, you know, evaluating what's going on with you, like kind of being in tune with where it's messing with your life, where it's messing with your thoughts, whatever. And I talk about this with my clients a lot. You know, my main goal when it comes to substance use and all that, you know, anything that you can like abuse, I want or I guess my hope for my clients is that they know when it's too far. Like I want you to be in tune when it's in the way of your life, in the way of your relationship or in the way of your goals, honestly, employment, whatever it may be. Um, So that's, you know, I I like, I kind of like how it's changing too. Um, But it is interesting in the show how it shows up. Oh, it's so interesting because you have everybody all over the spectrum. Yeah. And I, I love how the talk about substance use is changing mm-hmm. too because it's just kind of evaluating your relationship with substances right. and how it's helping, how it's hurting, how it's getting in the way of you being your best self or your best self in your relationship and just looking at how much you should use or not use or times it gets tricky or boundaries on it. Um, so I don't know. I just thought that like that was interesting and I like this new way of 
kind of looking at it. Yeah. Of not making your life vulnerable to the consequences that you face when using alcohol. Because, like, I feel like, I don't know, James and, to bring it back to them, like, Sandoval were fighting and Sandoval was saying, like, well, like, I think he was saying... Maybe I was thinking, like, you, like, well, it's true either way. Right. James has lost jobs because of it. Yeah. And Schwartz and Sandoval, like, haven't lost jobs because right. of their alcohol use. Yeah. But I'm in, this is taking a little bit out of context, but I think about stuff like um, when Ariana pre-Scandoval coming out, yeah. we're talking about making embryos. Right. Um, yeah. Sandoval was going to have an issue with not drinking for five days right. to be able to complete the process. And that would be like a moment, I think, again, out of context, really scandal from all of this, to kind of evaluate, is my drinking or use getting in the way here yeah, of my goals? Literally, in the way of my life, in the way of my relationship. Like, it, yeah, that's that's a really good point. It's, and, you know, again, not making, making diagnoses here. I don't think that that's necessarily, you know, Amanda and I were talking about this earlier like I we these are caricatures of people in a way because we're seeing them you know on tv where things are edited like we're not like it's different than sitting in a chair connecting to somebody um of course so not not making diagnoses here and but and it's interesting to see like the traits um and also the finger pointing of like deflecting of like oh i don't have this you you're an alcoholic like it felt like there like there was a lot of ping-ponging in this episode of like no you have this no you drink too much um as you know i don't necessarily know what to think about it i think everybody might have like a moment where they need to look in the mirror and be like okay where is this getting in the way of my life um but yeah, just the, the finger pointing with all of that was really interesting to me. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I like that the conversation that I think brings up for all of us of our relationship with substances and alcohol mm-hmm. and not letting it get in the way of you being in your best relationship or your best self. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on to our last point, wrapping up here. I thought it was really interesting. Um, this kind of came out in the one-on-one with Raquel, yeah. uh, Rachel, Raquel, and Andy. Of she said it so casually. I thought of we had to get our story straight. We had to align the narrative, and she did admit to some truth of they were gonna shorten the timeline to right. not hurt Ariana as much. Blah blah blah, whatever. But that point was so interesting to me because she also said I'm here to take accountability for my actions but when you are aligning your stories that is the exact opposite of just being truthful and honest if that's not the truest thing I've ever heard yeah yeah that was like okay whenever Sandoval when she and Sandoval were in the trailer and they were talking and it was like do you know what I'm talking about? Whenever they're like, she, he goes in there, it's like lunch or whatever. Yes. He goes in there, talk to her. They have their talk. They hug. It almost, in my head, I literally went end scene because it felt so fucking fake. Like if they're really together, they would have kissed. Like it was, it was just something was off. And then of course he's like, stop filming. I We need to align our stories. We need to talk. We need to like circle up. And they were just talking about that. Like that was normal. I know. Like that when an affair broke, like right. that's what you do is collaborate with your affair partner right. on what the story was like to get of all course the backstory, instead yeah. of being truthful and remorseful and right. a, for apologizing for how you hurt your person right if you were being truthful and taking accountability it would look like not having to circle the wagons every five minutes to get your story straight 
So I just thought that was interesting. That no, it's it's the total opposite of taking accountability. Yeah, no, it's a joke. It it feels very manipulative, um, and just kind of like in general. Icky. And let me figure this out to make myself look better, right? Instead of just being like, I fucked up. Yeah, and I fucked up, and I'm sorry, and yeah. I hurt you, right? And I'm sorry that I hurt you, and I know that I did, right? Yeah, and just being raw and just out there, like you and know. Even though like Sandoval didn't want to be with Ariana anymore, yeah. Um, of just being like, I'm sorry, I hurt you, but yeah. I was fucked up. Instead yeah. of like continually trying to go around like, it. Like I should have deleted that. I should have, yeah, whatever. I'm just sick of all that. It's, it's frustrating. I can only imagine how frustrating it is being in that situation. It's because it's so frustrating watching it. It is so frustrating watching it. Um, yeah, okay. it's, it's crazy. Well, that is really That's our, our show. That's our show. Those were our hot takeaway points <laughs> for this week. We will be back at it for reunion part, part three. three. Um, Can't wait. Cannot wait. Uh, you guys can follow us on our Instagram, which is therapist watching Bravo. You can also email us with thoughts, questions, observations, feelings, hot takes, hot takes, uh, things you want us to cover, mental health topics, um, stuff in the Bravo universe. Um, you can email us at therapist watching Bravo at gmail.com. Um, otherwise, um, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.